Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Wayne Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to a very special Best of the Outdoor Line. We've uh, picked out some pretty good segments, I think, Robbo. We've had so much fun here over the years, and, and some of these segments, we go back and listen to them all the time, and we think you're going to enjoy them, too. Uh, definitely worth another listen here, and, and hope you enjoy this Best of show right here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, the Seattle Sports app. I'm Tom Nelson, Matt Nelson, running the board. That's Joey Pyburn, Rob Ensley, coming at us from Southeast Alaska, Joel Martin. FishBaronoff.com. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. So, uh, so I always get a kick out of meeting somebody in the industry, you know, especially from you know from the East Coast, and ended up ending up fishing with them, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm hoping is going to happen with our next guest. Welcome to Jeff Leach of Sirius XM, and we we may just talk you into uh, to doing a little salmon fishing and, and end up with a crab dinner this summer, Jeff? Huh? Wow, that'd be fantastic. I don't think you have to twist my arm very far for that. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, I've, I've been so impressed with what SiriusXM's been doing, especially, you know, getting closer to some marine electronics manufacturers. And now, you know, being a Raymarine guy myself, here comes fish mapping, along with everything else that allows you to stay connected offshore. So what, at its heart, is fish mapping, and what will it help anglers do here in the Pacific Northwest? Jeff Leach of SiriusXM. Absolutely. Yeah, so fish mapping is a service that we provide through SiriusXM Marine, um, and it is satellite-based, eight dedicated fishing features, uh, mostly for pelagic anglers, so offshore, really not meant for your inshore uh, anglers, um, but we'll put you on the pelagic fish, really help you understand where the food source is for the bait, you know, the plankton and the chlorophyll, and where the sea surface temperature breaks are. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, we have eight dedicated uh, features for our subscribers. And so we have such a diverse fishing set of opportunities here, Jeff. I, I see this coming into play, obviously, for our offshore tuna guys, but also for our, our, our salmon guys on the coast. Earlier in the show, we just went through our ocean salmon opportunity. And, you know, we've got a lot of ocean coastline here in, here in the state of Washington. So I, I look forward to seeing how this is going to work into our plan. But but meanwhile, the other features that SiriusXM offers, I mean, I got caught on a lightning storm a couple of years ago. And I wasn't aware that this lightning storm was going to start in the hills east of us in the Cascade Mountains and retrograde or veer out into, out into the bay. And so... We were out in the water, heading home. Here comes this electrical storm, and I got alerted on my marine electronics before I even saw a lightning strike. Tell us a little bit about the weather info and the safety implications that that has for offshore anglers. Yeah, I'm glad you asked, Tom, uh, because I failed to mention that fish mapping really is what we call a quote-unquote superset. Um, and really what SiriusXM Marine has been offering for years and years and years is um, – SiriusXM Weather, uh, and Weather offers a whole host of weather features, probably 20 different weather features, primarily uh, weather radar, 
Again, this is broadcast via satellite directly to your chart plotter at your home. You're not looking at a tiny, you know, uh, smartphone, uh, and it's not contingent on cell service. So it's satellite-based. But what you're referring to is um, marine warnings, one of the 20 weather or so weather features. Uh, and on your screen, directly on your Raymarine or Garmin or Furuno or Navico brand um, MFD, it literally, if there's a NOAA broadcast in your area, it'll pop up on your screen and start flashing. You may be completely unsituationally aware of what's going on around you, especially for East Coast anglers like the guys on the Florida East Coast. These little storms, especially in the summer, uh, storm cells pop up all the time, and it'll literally just start flashing right in front of your face. You click on it, and it tells you exactly what's happening, usually a summer squall or a lightning storm or you know, small craft advisory or something along those lines. So you're completely in the loop, and it has saved me already. Uh, and I live on the Chesapeake on the East Coast. Um, so I'm not even going offshore. And it has already alerted me as I'm out to get my butt back to the dock uh, ASAP. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's my uh, warnings. So my, my, my partner, Rob Ensley, is coming to us remotely from, from Craig, Alaska, where there, let's just say cell coverage is, is kind of a concept for in town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Robbo, once you get offshore, that's it. Satellite is oh, the yeah. only game in town. Yeah, and and I've used um, serious weather for years and years, and, and and the thing that I use the most uh, are the wind bars. So I can overlay the wind data right on my chart, and there's mornings. I mean, we wake up in the morning and it's puffing good. You know, it'll be blowing hard, and we've got to figure out, man, where do we go hide today? And and we'll take the NOAA, we'll take the marine forecast, the other data from some of our apps, and then we always look at our at our plotter pull up that serious weather overlay and, and 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 it's cool because it lays right on top of your chart and you can look at those wind angles and and see how they hit those islands and go okay yeah we can hide right here in this little bay and we can shoot out and, and find some protection for our guests and it's something that we've used for years and and uh that's on my list this week to get my serious weather turned on uh on my boat because we we rely pretty heavily heavily on that here in the summer the one thing i'm excited about that i want to talk to you about jeff is this new feature, Sea Surface Height Anomaly. And, and, and Tom mentioned it earlier in the show just briefly, but it tracks the upwellings and the downwellings offshore. And it is crazy how you guys can do that. I, I mean, with the satellite imagery, you can tell within inches how, how high the ocean is or, or what the height of the ocean is and tell where those upwellings are coming up. Uh, it's got to be just lethal for the tuna guys, Jeff, um, using that information. Yeah, so let me backtrack just a minute, Rob, because you raised a really good point, and I'll get into sea surface height anomaly here in just a minute because uh, <clears throat> it is a really cool feature uh, and kind of hard to grasp, so I'll give you a, a, a little overview on it. But first and foremost, talking about wind barbs, yeah, mm-hmm. that is yet another feature, and I'm glad you used that. Um, and if you take, we also have wave height, wave yep. period, and wave direction, yep. a separate yep. feature. But if you overlay those simultaneously on the same you know, plot or same, same chart, you can see, in essence, if the wind uh, and the waves are opposing each other, whether they're going together. And, of course, if you have wind going one direction, waves going in the other direction, and you can tell the period between waves, that's from one crest to the next crest, um, if they're opposing each other, you can pretty much bet you're going to have some tumultuous seas out there, maybe some um, white caps and other things. So it's, it's layering of those de- data features. 
Um, and there's just so much to learn about all of that. By the way, if any uh, anybody who's listening to this wants to learn more about the specific features, because it's not they're not all immediately intuitive. We have a whole suite of marine webinars coming up that are literally just starting right now. Uh, and you can go to SiriusXM.com forward slash marine webinars, uh, and we will walk you through those. We'll record all those. We'll send them out. We'll post them on our websites, et cetera. But um, so anyway, there's a little plug for uh, those two features, getting back to sea surface height anomaly. Yeah, so the ocean, uh, obviously we had sea level, right? And so the ocean is constantly in dynamic state of flux. So in areas it's rising, in other areas it's falling, um, and that's your sea surface height anomaly. Um, and so what happens when it rises and or falls, it creates upwellings and downwellings. What goes along with those upwellings and downwellings uh, are eddies. So they create clockwise or counterclockwise rotating kind of currents or eddies, if you will. And if you find a dynamic upwelling and a downwelling immediately adjacent to each other, the area in between is your money spot for fish because it, it creates these vertical current uh, columns. And by the way, I'm not an oceanographer, not a PhD scientist. Uh, we have an entire team of PhD scientists that do all this data analysis for us and have educated us extensively um, on these features. But the area in between is called what we call a, a quote-unquote convergence zone. And a convergence zone is that place that the vertical uplines of currents uh, get trapped or get caught, um, and, and they catch ended up catching nutrients, and bait fish are attracted to that area. And obviously, if bait fish are in that area, you get pelagics uh, that are hunting them in that area. So sea surface height anomaly is a hard to kind of grasp, grasp feature, but a really cool one, and I'm glad you uh, mentioned that. Hopefully that wasn't too long-winded of a explanation. No, I'm I'm glad you brought it up, Jeff, because you know, and 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 Robo started the topic because it's stuff like this that you can't read on the surface as you're running your boat. You would not be aware of these areas were it not for this the information available on fish mapping, and that's why I'm excited now through the through the Lighthouse Four operating system upgrade in Raymarine that it's going to be available for us because, Joey, we're going to be tearing into this this summer. This is not something that we've had available to us, and we we love to learn. Yeah. And we never stop well, learning. Well, and it also, you know, the weather stuff allows you to get more days on the water because if you can, like Rob said, if yep. you can find those spots on those days where maybe you wouldn't go out, right. but maybe you find a little break out there, you have these little tucked away spots, you can get out of the weather and get out of the wind, it allows more days on the water. And it's another tool in your box. That's absolutely, absolutely. Right. Yeah, It's absolutely another tool in your box. So, well, not to mention all the tunes. You got 400 channels of freaking tunes, man. I mean, geez. Oh, there, wait. There's more than there's, just Yacht Rock? No. I mean, no, there's only two. There's I Tom Petty. Sirius, no, there's, I remember when Sirius first came out. You know, we run offshore here and we're gone. I mean, yeah. you might as well be on Mars right. once you leave cell coverage here. And Sirius came out. And there was one store on Prince Wells Island that carried it, and it was like an hour and a half north. We had to drive on all these dirt roads to get there. <laughs> and we packed up. There was like four of us that jumped in a truck one day after fishing, and we drove up to this little store. All it was was a store and a post office that even made it a town. And by golly, they had four of these units, and we put boom boxes in our boats <laughs> and strapped them up to the serious little antenna. And by golly, we had tunes. We had tunes offshore. It was like this, this revelation. It was the greatest thing ever. Uh, well, the funny thing is, too, if you're like me, 
I don't have a huge download list, you know, that I no. can access on my smartphone. So it no. gets old real fast. When you lose terrestrial radio, and, yeah. and, and none of us are carrying CDs anymore or, or tapes, right? So that's all old school. So, yeah, your, your music uh, choices are really limited when you leave uh, cell signal or terrestrial radio signal. I just have two. Oh, I just yeah. have two serious stations on my boat. Yeah, it's I know. Yacht Rock Radio or Tom Petty. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all. <laughs> no, there's there's hundreds available. Yeah. So so serious Marine Inland starts at fourteen bucks a month. It is a safety tool, and I'm telling you, you need to take advantage of it on your boat. Jeff Leach, you let me know when you're heading out this way, buddy. I, I hope you can make it out uh, sometime in July, where we have uh, you know our, our our Chinook and our crab opportunity coinciding, and. Uh, We'll sit at the beach and listen to some Sirius XM and grind on some crab, man. Uh, that would be fantastic. Hey, just as a resource for anybody out there who wants an education further, because admittedly, you know, I, I wouldn't consider myself a Luddite, but I am not the most tech-savvy, intuitive guy in the world. And our service, frankly, is not super intuitive. Obviously, yeah. weather radar is really easy, but but for detailed how-to videos, little snippets on YouTube, um, I would direct your customers to... SiriusXM.com forward slash marine library. And you can literally click on whatever kind of chart plotter you have. There's four tabs for the various manufacturers. Click on your manufacturer's tab. You'll have a whole suite of little how-to videos and full-fledged webinars, if you so choose, to give you more of an education. We don't want people getting the service and being frustrated because they don't know even what they're using. Um, so, so check them out. It's, uh, I think it's worth the time and effort. And that's a great point. And also, Jeff, this Thursday, specifically for Raymarine users, Thursday, April 21st at 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Pacific, there's Raymarine users to understand fish mapping service on your display. It's it's a dedicated for Raymarine, but anybody that's interested in fish mapping will definitely get something out of here. Again, that's Thursday, April 21st. Go check it out, SiriusXM.com. He's Jeff Leach. Jeff, thank you for your time, buddy. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, man. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. Welcome to the wheelhouse here on 710 ESPN's Yacht Door Line. It's not an overstatement to say that this is every outdoorsman's nightmare, because I can't personally think of anything that strikes fear in the heart of virtually every man than than, than a, a grizzly bear that is bearing down on you. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Tyler, you with us there this morning? Tyler Will Sheets? I'm here. Yeah. Morning, Tyler. Good morning, guys. Thanks for joining us, buddy. You you had a very close call in September. Why don't you run our listeners through the whole program here? I mean, you were archery hunting elk back in Montana, and huh, the unthinkable happened. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if it can live up to the thrill of backing down a Duckworth down a ice <laughs> ridge. You know. It's be, definitely, be close, it's definitely close, the equivalent so. of being yeah. attacked by a grizzly bear. But yeah. hey, let, yeah, let's... Uh, well, I was on the edge of my seat listening to that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, I started during archery season, and I was mm-hmm. on uh, at least one, maybe a couple bulls in this area. So I had been hunting it pretty hard, uh, and like a lot of bulls, they you go early and then they stop. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'll, I'll start early this morning and I'll get up and <clears throat> work my way up the mountain in the dark. And, you know, every 10 or 15 minutes on the way up, I would call and then just kind of be quiet, see if I could hear anything or locate a bull. And, um, I was working up to the specific spot that I had on, uh, marked in my Onyx maps, which was mm-hmm. a, a flat, uh, where I had good, good lanes to shoot because where I hunt is so thick that, 
I mean, a lot of times you can't, you can't even walk through the brush because it's so thick there. So I'm making my way up and calling and waiting and calling and waiting. And uh, just before sunrise, I get to the spot where I want to be. And I lean up against this tree and I think, okay, I'll, I'll call and then wait. So I did. About 10 minutes goes by and I call again and I hear some rustling in the brush right in front of me. And I thought, oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I pull my arrow, start to knock this arrow, and I'm, I'm leaned against this tree on my left shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I peek around this tree and I see a dang grizzly bear mm-hmm. uh, 15 yards right in front of me, uh, uh, about 15 yards to the left of me. So I'm thinking, oh, gosh, <laughs> you know what he's <laughs> supposed to do, right? Yeah. He's on top of me. I'm expecting uh, to see bull elk, and I see grizzly bear. So I do the uh, ultra-heroic thing, and I take a step back and trip and fall flat on my back. Oh, man. Wow. Yep. I, <clears throat> when I first got there, I knew, you know, I'm thinking to myself, hey, don't step backwards because there's this laydown right behind me. And mm-hmm. Well, in, in the heat of the moment, when a bear comes out, you're like, you, you just don't think logically, you know? So when you took this step back, was the bear already coming? Was it already charging at that point? He was, and it yeah. wasn't like a sprint, but it definitely wasn't a walk either. Yeah. You know, yeah. he had his teeth showing, and mm-hmm. uh, it was like a growl that he was doing, not like a, uh, you know, not like the cartoons mm-hmm. where these bears come out and they're like raw. It wasn't like that. At all, you know? <laughs> but it was definitely <laughs> breakfast time. You you were on the menu, right. so he's coming at you. You're on the ground. Did you just throw your yeah. bow and and reach for the pistol, or what happened then, man? Well, so as I was falling down, mm-hmm. uh, I'm thinking in my mind, like, okay, I got to get rid of this bow, and it, it dropped anyway. And I mm-hmm. also had a diaphragm call that I was using, but I used a handheld call too because I, I like to differentiate between mm-hmm. two calls. It makes me think, you know, maybe they'll think there's a couple cows in the area. Mm-hmm. So I dropped that call also, and as I'm standing back up, uh, I go for my XDM 10 millimeter. Mm-hmm. And so I pull it out. And obviously when I come up, I've got both arms out in front of me ready. I'm ready because I know this thing's coming. So uh, at, by the time I stand back up, the bear now is at 15 feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he, he is right in my face. And so I start to yell as loud as I can, no, no, bear, bear. Because I'm thinking, you know, this thing thinks I'm a cow elk and mm-hmm. it's ready to eat. But as soon as it recognizes I'm a human, this thing's going to peel off and I can go back to hunting. And you're yelling, and he's thinking backstraps and tenderloins at that yeah. point, and uh, he just keeps yeah. coming, right? Yeah, that's it. He comes, uh, it keeps coming, and then finally I get to the point where I'm like, okay, it's now or never, mm-hmm. which a lot of people I talk to are like, well, 15 feet is now or never. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, I think I said 15 I, yards yeah. is now or never. Cool. The, the, right, the, that's the true. 20-foot rule? Yeah. Jeez. Right, yeah. Well, it got you know, as close as I felt like, okay, I've got no option here. Mm -hmm. And so I shot, uh, and the good thing about the XDM, and this is why I'm Mm -hmm. pro semi-automatic versus a revolver is that I've got 15 rounds Mm -hmm. of 220 grain Buffalo bore. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, he comes at me and boom, boom, boom. I shoot three or four times and I I hit him because he spun in a 360 and moved off to my right about five yards, Mm -hmm. uh, and then charges back at me again. Wow. Yeah. So I shoot another three or four times that time. And that time I knew I hit him really well because he, that time he rolled on the ground. Mm-hmm. And so he rolled down to my right, down the hill a little bit. And I'm thinking, okay, whew, that was, man, that was wild. 
and then he starts coming back up at me again. Wow. So for the third time, and at this point, I knew I hit him. I must have spined him because his back legs were not working at all. But he's still coming. So, he's but coming. He's, so now he's oh, just yeah. in full on, himself. full on Terminator mode now. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's got as much adrenaline as I had. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's coming back up the hill, and I, I shoot another three, four rounds. And I knew I got him really, really good that time because he dropped and he kind of slid down the hill and then rolled. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I mean, I don't know how many times I've hit him to this point. But this thing is just taking ammo like it's his job. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so I'm getting the heck out of here. So I uh, I had moved probably 10 feet down the hill from where I originally started. So I ran back up to my bow, grabbed it, ejected the magazine. And so I'm thinking, man, I could be out of, I don't know how many times I shot, you know. I could be out of ammo here. And uh, ejected the magazine, saw I had at least two rounds in there. I thought, okay, well, I'm safe enough on the way down. So I uh, ran out and around the opposite direction from the bear and called the buddy and told him, hey, this is what happened. And he's like, dude, no way. He's like, well, was it a black bear or a grizzly? I said, well, characteristics would say it's a grizzly. But it was just at sunrise. So, I mean, I guess it's kind of hard to say. Yeah. He said, well, just stay put and let's go up there and check it out. What part of the state were you in, Tyler? Where, where were you at? Northwest Montana. Yeah. Now, isn't that the largest concentration of bears in, in Montana is up in that northwest corner? Man, I, I w- can't I say 100%, but I would say yeah. <laughs> pretty positively, I, I would yeah. say yes. I mean, they're everywhere. So now after after the third volley, what was your state of mind? I mean, were you were you shaken? <laughs> were you trampled? What, what was going on? With, did, you, with, did you happen to get a heart rate? At yeah. The <laughs> what, what's yeah. going on, man? <laughs> Well, the, the truth is the first phone call I made, the guy who ultimately answered and said, stay put, let's go back up there, he yeah. didn't answer. So I called mm-hmm. the other guy who I accessed the public through his private land. Mm-hmm. And I called him, and I forgot about this till hours later. I left him a voicemail because he didn't answer. Mm-hmm. And it is sheer panic. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to need that. Yeah, we're going to need that. You just go ahead and forward that to That's going to be your new Tyler. ringtone. <laughs> that was the bear. That was the bear. I wouldn't share that with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so now. Definitely we, not my wife. She'd think much lesser of me. <laughs> <laughs> so Springfield XDM 10 millimeter. That's the, that's the, the, uh, the pistol I pack. Um, with those 220 grain buffalo board, they're specially designed for grizzly bears. You know, a lot of these guys are packing nine mils and stuff, and and they literally will bounce off the skull of a grizzly mm-hmm. bear. Well, look, he shot that thing. I know, maybe five, I mean, ten times. Just so scary. Now, what's, what, what's what about, different about a buffalo board bullet? They're 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 made to not come apart. Oh, gotcha. And they're extremely okay. heavy. Okay, they're gotcha. they're they're a bonded bullet. Um, now, talk about bear spray. Did you have bear spray too? Yeah, so that's a good point. The um, I do want to say the after you know there's a ton that we could talk about on this thing, but mm. uh, ultimately I got the game wardens involved and yeah. they came up and uh, his recommendation I think was fantastic. He told me that he's an avid bow hunter. He hunts the same areas I do. Um, he carries a pistol on one side mm-hmm. and bear spray on the other, and the reason being is at a distance, whatever this distance is, maybe bear spray would probably be your potential best bet. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to start shooting a pistol at 40 or 50 yards, right? Mm-hmm. Well. Some guys do, but you shouldn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, or the other thing is maybe when I tripped and fell in a panic scenario or situation, it could be that, uh, you know, I'm wearing a pack that goes over my holster. Maybe 
Mm-hmm. Maybe I couldn't get to the pistol, but I could get to the bear spray. It's kind of like gives you an option, a backup yeah. scenario in that yeah. situation. Exactly, and it's easier exactly to right. broadcast that spray, and you know they're going to get a whiff of it and probably take off. But regardless, um, you know you got a, a like an undergarment sponsor you picked up from this or anything, yeah, or what? Uh, <laughs> anything come? Anything come from this? Because this I is just like needed another pair. Yeah, yeah worst I believe that nightmare man. kind of a deal here. So, so Tyler, and we're and we're talking with 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 Tyler Wilsheets, who's who's actually the executive pastor at at, uh, at venerationchurch.com in Kalispell and and when when the when WD or excuse me when when Montana Fish and Wildlife came up there they kind of do a forensic examination what was their final how close did this bear end up actually coming from you how, wh- how what was their response at the end of of their forensic investigation of this event Tyler Yeah that's a great question so there um the warden did a great job. <laughs> uh, he's pulling tape on everything. He's wanting to, to do his personal investigation because mm-hmm. at the bottom of the mountain, I told him this is what happened. Well, he wanted to see himself. What does the evidence say? You know, um, they're looking for a cache. You know, did this bear have a kill and it buried it and it's protecting that area? Or is this just a random, hey, I hear a elk call or I know there's a human and I'm going to go get him. And so they didn't find any of that. At the end of the day, the dirt. Uh, you could see call marks and blood and there, you know, the brass is just sprinkled all over the mm-hmm. side of this hill. And uh, he pulled tape from my boot prints in the dirt to first blood was four foot. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. So it was, uh, you were right about the underwear. That's definitely, oh. that came wow. play. He asked me, or I, I asked him, I said, Hey, do you need these as additional? <laughs> 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 so, he got a really, really, really good kick out. Yeah, that's, uh, wow, yeah. that's a whole yeah. biological spectrum you got going on there, buddy. There's so you, no you got you got yeah. hunts planned for next fall. Are you bailing on the hunting thing altogether now? You're going to be back out in the woods, buddy. What's what's the plan? Oh, he's going to be back. In a couple the woods. days later, I was back out there. Yeah. But let me say yeah. this: I, I do want to say this. I mm-hmm. was the three previous times I went up there. The two previous times I, like every other guy, probably all the time, justifies I've got this pistol in my backpack. Yeah. There's no way I don't have enough time to drop the pack, open it up, grab the pistol, and go. And because you're thinking, well, these bears are more scared of me than I am of them, and they're they're not going to try to come at me. Man, guys, anybody listening who's been carrying your pistol in your pack, don't do it. I mean, I was that guy. You didn't. And as a matter of fact. Sorry. You no, you didn't go out to kill a bear that day. You had no. to shoot and stop the threat. And that's the only reason you came back to your wonderful, beautiful family that evening. You're exactly right. And you know, the third previous time I got halfway up the mountain and I realized, shoot, I forgot my pistol in my truck. And so I didn't even have it with me. And you know, I, the truth is my honest explanation is I believe that God was there with me because mm-hmm. I not only do not had I been carrying in my pack or forgotten it, I put it on my hip that day. And I never, ever, ever chamber around. The reason is I have kids at home, so I keep the magazine separate from the pistol. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so when I get in the field, I just jam the magazine in it, and I go, okay, there's no way I won't have time to at least rack the slide. Now mm-hmm. we're talking about not forget pulling out the backpack. We're talking about just rack the slide. Right. And I, I, you, I'd be hard to convince myself that I would have had enough time in sheer mm-hmm. chaos mm-hmm. to even rack the slide. But that day when I got out of the truck, I started to walk with it in my pack, and I thought, I need to put this on today. I'm going up in the dark. Let's just be safe. 
man, I'm going to go ahead and chamber one too. There you go. Mm-hmm. And I just honestly believe that God ha- had something different. Yeah, brother, you're absolutely right. No it doubt. Be wow. my last. I mean, it's, it's the archery hunters that seem to have the most problems because you're calling. You know, you're yeah. like almost calling the you're bears in. Your pres- sure. your you're in thick sure. cover, and then they say you got you got two seconds, maybe three yeah. seconds, and that's it. So you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to slide that. You know, move that slide you're back. Probably and gonna, around. You're probably not gonna remember. No way. You know, you're just Mm-mm. you're gonna be in a panic situation and. And you're not going to remember to rack throw, that slide. Throw the pistol at that sucker and hope it hope it bounces off. Yeah, and sends like him the into guys with six rounds of a revolver. You know, after six rounds, yeah. what do you do? I know, I know. You, you, you're gonna uh, you have a broadhead or you have the back end of a pistol that you can try to whack this bear in the face with. Um, mm. Give me 15 rounds every yeah. day, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and anytime Pastor Tyler needs to wake up the congregation, he's going to pull out the bear story. <laughs> he's going to have everybody. At his... <laughs> Tyler, thank you very much for your time, buddy. God bless you. What a great story. Yeah, really and and uh, keep in touch, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, buddy. Absolutely. Appreciate Thanks, the time, Tyler. man. You you. Have a great weekend. You're listening to the best of the outdoor line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. Welcome to the wheelhouse here on 710's The Outdoor Line. Rob Ensley mooches for a living. Our friend Mark Boardman is a product experience manager for Vortec Optics. That's a great job, but it doesn't draw a candle to Shondi Campbell's Browning Farms media and event manager, which means... She gets to shoot caribou and do stuff with the coolest guns, ammo, and and apparel and people you, and, and people, people yeah. that, that you've ever seen. And she shot a caribou, and Robbo shot one, and your cousin shot one, and I haven't, but she joins us now <laughs> to gloat. Just go ahead, Shawnee. Just give it to us. I mean, come on, go ahead, guys. I love being on this show. <laughs> oh, you got to deal with Tom. Sorry I'm, about I'm that. I'm sorry. Hey. Well, if all she had to do was return my text yesterday, and I wouldn't be so hard on her. But I'm oh, a little bitter. I'm bitter. Jealous. You shot it. You shot you a get, caribou. We have jealousy issues over yes. here, Sean. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hey, so hey. you, poor Nelly. Yeah. I, was a, I was shooting a crane yesterday. I had things to do. I know she went crane hunting yesterday. <laughs> no, of all things. Did. But let's talk about this caribou hunt. Nelly, calm down over here. No, we got, I'm we got mad. to put Nelly in his little box. Well, over now here. she's eating roast beef on the wing. So you and Callie and Tez flew. Flew into the backcountry in the Arctic on this just epic caribou hunt. Talk about it from start to finish and tell us how this whole thing went down. I mean, I followed you online and, and we're texting all the time and everything. And I've been up in that country, too. I know how gorgeous it is. Talk about this trip up there and, and, and what it was like. Oh, guys, it was amazing. Um, it's one that I don't know that I will ever talk. Um, from the minute they kick all of your stuff out of the airplane and fly away, it gets real, real quick. So That's a moment, um, doesn't it? It, it is. And it, we all just sit there quiet. in silence. Yeah. Yeah. We just sat there in silence and listened for the airplane to fly away. And then yeah. when you finally didn't hear the drone, we all just started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, epic, epic adventure. Um, you know, we got up the next morning. Or we got They dropped us off to set camp up. The next morning we got up and there was nothing in the first canyon, second canyon. Um, my bull stepped out and... He was 300 yards away. I had the Hell's Canyon, or sorry, not the Hell's Canyon anymore, but the Exvolt speed with me and 300 mm-hmm. win. Uh, one shot, dropped the first one. And I was on cloud nine. This is something I've always wanted to do since I was little. I'm like, I'm going to shoot a caribou. That's the only thing that I really want to hunt. And so I was, I mean, I was giddy the whole time. Um, and we had just got uh, mine done and kind of separated out the meat and the head and everything away from the carcass. And mm-hmm. we looked up and... Callie is walking at us. And so day one, we had two down. <laughs> um, unreal. We were just all in shock. It, I mean, we packed out until two, three in the morning. Oh, yeah. And when we, 
we got back, we looked up, and, and Callie goes, is that a rainbow? And it's, yeah. it's kind of getting dark about, you know, two or three. And, man, the northern lights are out. And then wow. we just sat up and giggled the rest of the night. Wow. So <laughs> um, it was it was amazing. I recommend it to everybody. You know, we got up the next day, and um, we found test one. And then it took – it wasn't easy. I'm going to be completely honest. It was mm. not an easy hunt. It took all five days to get everything you know, back to camp, caped out, ready for the flight out. Mm-hmm. Um, we we never stopped moving. I mean, we'd get our whatever sleep we could, but you're always on edge. You're you know you're one you're one in, incident from everything going wrong. You're an ankle Ugh. roll away, a knife cut away, a grizzly, or a grizzly bear, bear encounter. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk that about the, we'll talk about the grizzly bear thing here in a second. But but go back to the flight in. Is that just like incredible or what? Did you jump in a super cub and bomb in there? I mean, that's like the coolest part of this whole trip is flying in one of those planes and landing. Just like like really, you're going to land there? Like what? How are you going to land this plane there? And they take those big Tundra tires <laughs> tundra and they tires, drop them down dude. and they stick it in like 50 feet. They can land those planes. Was that cool or what? Yeah. Yeah. I had never done that. And I'm, well, he's like flew over this spot. I'm like, you sure that's the one that's where we're going to do this? Like the other side of the cliff. Okay. Yeah. We're doing it. Like, and he, he did, man. He stuck it. And um, we had, we had two planes, um, Callie and Tester one, one and I was in the other one. And so I kind of watched them land and then we came in behind it. And and then, yeah, that one moment they fly away. And and then when they pick you up, it's the same thing. You're like, you know what's on the other side of that. There is a cliff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if he doesn't get off the ground, you're done. <laughs> and you know it. So you're just sitting there going, okay, this is it. Like, <laughs> moment of truth. Now you talked about dropping two caribou. Uh, was it late in the day? What, what, what was the timing on those caribou? Was it early in the day? Mine was early. So mine was... Mine was probably about eight or nine, and then um, it took us a good couple hours to kind of get that one all taken down because you have to leave them bone-in up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to get everything kind of situated that way, and then uh, te- or sorry, Callie probably shot hers oh, around two or three in the afternoon. Wow. But we were two pack trips every bull. So oh, yeah. three bulls took us five trips to get it back to camp. Mine was a mile Callie's was a mile. Tess's was two miles. Mm-hmm. And two miles up there is three hours. Well, because of all the tussocks, those little, like, like those, those, those grass mounds that you have to step between. It's like a tire drill at football camp or something for miles. Yeah. It just kills you. Uh, you know? I was like grass-covered bowling balls. That's the best oh, way I could explain it to people. Horrible. And you, try, you can't step on them. You can't yeah. step in between them. And yeah, and the reason brutal. The reason I ask about the timing is because when it gets dark up there mm-hmm. is when it's like, huh, yeah. today could be the day, you know, because there, yep. you mentioned grizzly bears earlier in this interview, and they're around, they're all over the place up there, and you girls had an experience with a grizz up there. Talk about that real quick. That, yeah, so we got done with Tess's, and we kind of had let our guard down at this point, which was a bad idea, because we, we had just got done with two bulls, and we were out in the open on Tess's, so we weren't really worried uh you know it, it seemed like a safer place than like over a hill or something like that and uh we had got done with it and staged you know staged the, the package of meat over here and the head over here and then the carcass was there and we were walking back and i will never forget it went tess callie and i was in the back and we all stopped and tess looks over and she says we have a problem <laughs> houston we have a problem and, yeah, and I was like, I will never, never forget those words. At that time, at that moment, everything stopped because I looked up and the grizzly is running at us, mm-hmm. and and we all just like, 
every, I don't know, I don't even know how to explain it. What probably lasted, you know, a few minutes seemed like hours. And so he's running at us. He probably gets to 200 and he stands up on his hind legs and looks at us. I'm staring a grizzly down and I'm, and we all just like pause. I think the grizzly was thinking, who are you? And we're thinking we're not at the top of the food chain here. <laughs> what kind of um, firepower are you packing? Obviously you have, you know, you have your rifles. And but what, how was the wind? But he they, he was smelling us. Oh. It was at our back, so it was okay. right at him. So I'm a walking meat stick. I've got a hind on the mm. back. Oh yeah. Um. Yep. So I was packing a ten. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and my rifle. Okay. And and we all, you know, we started waving, making a bunch of noise. We don't want to get in a weird situation. And he um he come down again, and he ran at us again. But I don't know what turned him. He ended up spinning and running the other direction. But man, that'll put you on edge real quick. Was it daylight? Or was this like, it was daylight? Okay. Well, obviously you wouldn't have seen yeah. him at 200 yards in the dark. But but then but yeah. then you packed you packed me till two o'clock in the morning. So that had to be in the back of your mind the whole time. Oh, the whole time. Because yeah. now you know there's one close, right? Mm-hmm. And we had to go back in the next day to get the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And, like, oh, and they're, they're and not he, small critters. I mean, they're they're right between a deer and an elk. You know, um, pretty good load of meat. So and sh- you got to keep it all bone in. So, so Sean, you. Um, you guys all were successful. You got your caribou. You had an encounter with the grizzly bear. Did you any other wildlife out there? No, that is all we saw. We didn't. Um, we were cut short a day on our trip just because of weather. And that last day, we had the Arctic fox season open, but we never did see one or a wolf. We didn't see anything else. So. Shawnee Campbell joins us of the hunting band, the, the gnarly grizzly chicks and, and browning firearms this morning. And uh, so so tell us what's going on new for fall 22 uh, on browning.com. I'm looking at this Ovix concealment and wondering why Joey and I aren't wearing it right now. <laughs> well, it's on, it's on its way. Okay. Didn't, I, I think the intro said moots, right? I think that's... that's <laughs> well, they don't make it in that. a 4XL, Nelly, oh, so, you know. Yours is still in the manufacturing process. Brown and tent and awning, breaking yes. down a small wall oh, tent to no, make that's yours. Okay, but, that's cool. Uh, I'm in. And also the Mountain I need, Pro. I don't need I, the poles I, I ran the Mountain Pro up on my caribou hunt. That thing is sweet. I ran the 6.8 Western. You were running a 300 Win Mag, but that new Mountain Pro is awesome. Hey, Shondi, what, what what made you choose the, the 300 Wisdom over a different round? Uh, you know, I've been, and I actually talked to Rob about this yesterday. I'm a big 6.8 fan and have been um, since it came out. But when I heard Grizzly, I went, you know what, let me just bump that up just a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. So was so, a Wisdom or a Mag? It's a Win Mag. Oh, it's a Win Mag. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, totally understand that. Yeah, yeah. no question, yeah. no question about it. Shawnee, thanks for your time this morning, and uh, I, I'm sorry I picked on you, but again, I got I got caribou FOMO so bad right now because he's got one, you got one. Joey's cousin Ryan has two, and and I don't. Well, let's go. We'll get, right. Listen, we'll get we'll get one, Nelly. Okay, one of these you can guide. We'll we'll, we're going to turn but you Nelly, loose on so Nelly. So Nelly's, Nelly's going with luck. the three you next Good year. Luck. Okay, it's going to so, be the three you well, girls and Nelly. The one thing that I really, the one thing I really didn't twig to was the importance of your bush pilot and and his ability to place you in the right spot. You know, to drop those tundra tires, Shondi, in in the right spot. Oh, they're incredible people, and the amount of skill it takes to do what they do is insane. Like, we've all watched it on TV, but once you experience it in person, it's something else. 
It really is. And some of the weather, we were just flying. The weather was just hideous where we were. And I mean, it was just like, really? We're going to. And you look at the, Yeah, we're going to go through that pass. I'm like, I can't even see through the pass. But they dip down, they, go, they fly around the cloud like it's a mountain. And then right up through the pass, and it's like, hey, yeah, it's just like walking and breathing and flying the no, plane. It's called all three natural things. Well, to these look, folks. It's called bush pilot braille. It yeah. looked like Shondi had beautiful weather. Yeah, you guys did have beautiful weather, but it, it's pretty cool, and, it, and it's part of that big adventure up there and the wildlife and the, the scenery. It's just like, holy cow. Yeah. If you don't even shoot a caribou, it's the coolest camping trip you could ever go on up there. It's just just remarkable scenery. So you guys did a great job, you gals, excuse me, and uh, look forward <laughs> to talking to you some more about future hunts here, and we're, we're going to try to get you guys on a moose hunt too. So, Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Th- All thanks right. a lot, Shondi. All right. She's she's the, the gnarly grizzly chick. She's Shondi Campbell from Browning Farms. Thanks for joining us this morning. You have a great time. Please stay in touch. Thanks, Shondi. We'll talk. Thanks, guys. All right. See ya. All right. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> You're listening to the best of the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app.